of Joshua. And the title of this series is called A New Beginning. The title of the message this morning is Going Against the Flow. Going Against the Flow. Now I wonder, maybe this morning, have, have any of you ever been to a major city? And whilst you were in the city, you found yourself struggling against the flow of pedestrian traffic. Maybe you've been somewhere in a big city somewhere, and all of a sudden you've come out maybe of the underground, you've been on a train, you've been in a taxi, and all of a sudden you found that there are people rushing towards you, and you found that you were going in completely the wrong direction. You know, I was thinking about this this week, actually. It was funny enough, a few weeks ago, a Hillsong conference was happening, and they were posting about it uh, on social media. And, and a Hillsong conference, it takes place in London in the O2 Arena every year. And I was thinking about, uh, about the time that me and a few of the boys who used to come to this church, who were in, in other churches, how we went to, to Hillsong Conference. And, and it was up in London. And I re remember the excitement that we had to go to this conference. It was an incredible conference where thousands of people are gathered together to worship Jesus, where we would be encouraged, where we would be refreshed. But the one part of the whole conference, of the whole holiday that I didn't enjoy, was actually being in London itself. And one of the reasons for that is, is not only is it a big city, but we had probably the worst tour guide possible, and his name is Wiggy. Many of you know my friend Wiggy, Robert Holt, the big ginger guy with a big ginger beard. He was our tour guide. He knew everything about London. He knew which way to go. He knew every restaurant. He knew everything about London. But the problem was, every time we would go to get up to get to the conference, he would choose the busiest times on the tubes to get on the tubes to travel into the O2 arena. And I remember he would rush off about 40 miles an hour ahead of everybody else. Nobody else knew where to go, but he was going in this one direction. And we had to think, do we trust Wiggy? Do we actually think that Wiggy knows where he is going or we're going to try and figure it out for ourselves? Were we going to trust him and continue along our journey and hopefully end up in the O2 arena or were we going to end up in Piccadilly Circus for the day? We weren't sure what was going to happen, but we decided to trust Wiggy. But the thing was, when we trusted Wiggy, he would go on the tubes at the busiest times of the day. And everybody would be going to work and we'd come off the trains and all of a sudden we'd be met with a bombardment of, it almost seemed like a river of people coming towards us. And then all I could see in the distance was this big ginger beard pushing through the crowd, shoveling away through the crowd. And we were there trying to struggle away, barge through, making sure that we didn't injure ourselves. I wonder if you've ever found that for yourself. Maybe you've been to a big city like London and you found yourself going against the flow of pedestrian traffic. You know, going against the flow, moving against the flow, it is a difficult task. You know, it takes faith to trust that you're moving in the right direction. We had to trust that Wiggy knew where he was going. Otherwise, we would have ended up lost somewhere else. And you know, it takes strength and courage to sustain the coast. Uh, the course. You know, it takes courage to keep going, to keep believing that this is the right way. And I found that in London, even though the shoulders were hitting me, the bags were hitting me, we were having all these carrier bags going over our feet and all these different things, we had to be courageous and push through the crowd and believe we were going to get to this Hillsong Conference. We were going to believe that God would speak to us there. But you know, it takes courage to move in the right direction. It takes faith to move in the right direction. You know, today we're going to look at someone who went against the flow and this someone is a, a woman and she put her trust in God and was totally against the flow we're going to be looking at this morning a woman called Rahab so Joshua chapter 2 
Joshua chapter 2. And it says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I don't know where they had come from. At dusk, when it, came, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly, you may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords in the Jordan. And as soon as her pursuers had gone, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down at night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and the great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard of how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And, how, and what he did in Sion and Og. And the two kings of the Amorites east in the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear. And everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is the God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family. Because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what, what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord has given us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, this oath you made, made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter your land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother and your brother and all your family into your house. If any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on, your, on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if, we, if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them on their way and they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. Then they went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the, the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. So this is an incredible passage of scripture, Joshua chapter 2. It's an incredible story that we see here. And today, as I've said, we're going to be looking at someone, this woman, Rahab, who went against the flow and put her trust in God. So who was this woman Rahab? Was she a respected character? Was she a well-known character? Was she a queen? Was she a princess? Was she someone who was in authority? Was she someone who had a good reputation about her? 
The Bible tells us something different about this woman. That Rahab was actually a prostitute. She was a harlot, the lowest of the low. And actually, she was a Canaanite as well. And this woman would have been furthest from being a follower of God. You would never have expected this woman to be a follower in the living God and putting her trust in him. But we see in the story that she had a phenomenal conversion, that she, she encountered God, and in it, as a result of it, she became a strong believer. Now, Rahab's story, as we've read, it begins with these two spies that Joshua sent into Jericho. As we've seen last week, that God had promised this land, the promised land, to the Israelites and to Joshua. And Joshua, he decided that before they stepped any further, that they would send some spies out to go and scout out the land, that they would go and see what stood before them. And Jericho, it was the first Canaanite city that stood before their invasion, that stood before them in taking the promised land. This city was the first thing that stood in their route. Now, a lot of archaeologists, they've done a lot of research about Jericho. And archaeologists, they tell us that the city was in about eight acres of land. And in the city, it had an inner wall and it had an outer wall, which surrounded the whole city. Now, the inner wall would have been 12, uh, 12 feet thick, and the outer wall would have been six feet thick. And the walls would have stood about 30 meters tall, 30 meters tall. Now, that's a pretty big wall. They had pretty big walls there. And now I'm sure many of you are thinking about that story when the walls come down in Jericho. That is some feet. These walls were, weren't just small little brick walls. These were big walls. These were thick walls that surrounded the city. And this would have made it difficult for any army, for any person to come and attack the city, trying to get through that. If you got through the outer wall, then you would still have to go and try and get through the inner wall. And the Bible also tells us about this, about the city, that there were actually houses built on the walls and built into the walls of the city. It wasn't just the walls, there were houses built into them. And one of the houses built into the walls of Jericho was the house of Rahab. And so, as we've read you, these spies, they went into Jericho to try and scout out the land, to try and scout out Jericho, to report back to Joshua so that he knew everything ready to take out this city so they could conquer this city. But when they were in Jericho, they were almost caught. They were almost found out that these Israelites were in the city. But as we've read you this morning, the Bible tells us that they found refuge in the house of Rahab. And all of a sudden, Word gets around quickly. It must be like the valleys. Word starts to spread really quickly. One person to the next person is on Facebook before you know it. Everybody knows about it. All of a sudden, it's known that Rahab is hiding away the spies in her house. Rahab is hiding the spies. So these soldiers, they go and they knock on the door and they ask Rahab, what's going on? Are these spies in your house? And so she decides not to tell them the truth. Instead, she hides the spies, she protects the spies, and she lies to the soldiers. But why did she do that? Why did she lie? Why did she go against all of that? Why did she go against the poor own people, the city? Why did she go against that just to protect these two Israelites, these two strangers, these two spies? Why would she do that? Well, the Bible tells us it is because she believed in the God of Israel. She believed in the God of Israel. We might say, and especially after reading the story, how on earth could she believe in the God of Israel? How would she have heard about the God of Israel? She was not an Israelite. 
She was a prostitute. She was a Canaanite. How on earth would she have heard about God? She had not been taught anything about God's promises. She had not grown up in Sunday school. She had not learned anything about God. But yet, the Bible tells us that she believed in the God of Israel. Well, the answer is that Rahab heard of what the God of Israel had done. Rahab heard that he was the true and living God. We read it there in verse 9 to 11. It says, And said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and their great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came up out of Egypt, and what you did in Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on the earth below. He's the God in heaven above and on the earth below. Rahab, she heard about what God had done. She heard about the miracles that God had delivered his people out of slavery, out of Egypt, how he parted the Red Sea, that God was with him and that he was the one true God, that he was the one who was with Israel. And as a result of that, fear came upon the Canaanites. Fear came upon the land. The Bible tells us that she believed in the God of Israel. She put her trust in him. You know, I believe that with all my heart that Rahab was able to stay that course, to lie, to go against the current. You know, it's not right to lie, but, but she believed in God. She trusted in God and she wanted to protect the people of God. She went against the current. She stayed the course because of her belief in God. She was able to finish what Joshua had planned, what God had planned, because she put her trust in God. You know, the incredible thing about Rahab is, it's not just her background that she was a prostitute and that she came to know God, and God transformed her life. It isn't just that, that it's a miracle. But what's incredible about the story of Rahab is that Rahab risked, she risked so much to harbor those spies. She risked so much to look after these two Israelite spies who she had, not, she had not, never met before. What did Rahab risk in hiding these two spies? Well, she risked, first of all, her comforts. She risked everything that she had. She risked her possessions. She risked her home. She risked the lives of her family and of herself. She risked it all. You know, if any of the leaders had found out that she was actually hiding the spies, then that would have meant that she would have been put to death probably because she was hiding the spies and not giving the information. You know, treason would have been frowned upon and she would have been killed because of that. She would probably would have been stoned because of that. But Rahab, she heard of the great and mighty wonders of God. She heard of all incredible things that God had done for the people of Israel. And she knew that he was the one and true God. And she realized and recognized that actually to follow him, to trust in him, to put her life in his hands was to risk much. That in effect, that she was, in effect, she would have to swim against the flow of what her neighbors might say. What would her neighbors think if she was hiding away these Israelites? If she was actually putting her trust in God? What would her neighbors say? What would her friends say? Would they thought that this was a sensible thing to do? I'm sure many people would have tried to get around her and say, you know, Rahab, this isn't sensible, you know, trying to talk her out of it. But in fact, Rahab, she went against the flow of who will say this. She went against the flow of her family, of everything that she had known. She had to risk everything to link arms with God's people. And she was willing to do that. She was willing to risk everything in order to put her trust in the living God. 
She was willing to surrender her life to God, to put her trust in him, to protect those spies because she knew that he was the one true God. It didn't matter what her friends would say. It didn't matter what even her family might have said. It didn't matter what the guards would say. She was going to risk everything because she knew that God was the one true God. He was the living God. You know, this is, as I've said, it's an incredible story, this is. It's an incredible story just right in the beginning of Joshua chapter 2. And it's incredible because this woman, who most people would have dismissed, society would never have thought about. Society today wouldn't even think about this. How could a woman like that, how could a prostitute come to know God? How could she make a stand for God? How could she do anything right with God? Does God actually love her? Does God care for her? Society would say things like that. This woman was the lowest of the low. But what's incredible is she turns out to be one of the major players in one of the most iconic stories of the Old Testament. It's incredible, isn't it, how this woman, this nobody, this prostitute, this failure, she actually turns around and puts her life in God, and God uses her story. And we're reading of it today. All these years later, we're preaching about it today, we're speaking about it today. Not only does her story become one of the most iconic stories in the Old Testament, this woman, Rahab, she ends up being the great-great-grandmother of King David, of that great king who wrote all the Psalms, the, one who is, the man who had a heart after God himself. She ends up being his great-great-granddaughter. And as a result of that, if you read in Matthew, in the first chapter of Matthew, she's actually in the family tree of Jesus himself, of our Lord and Savior. This failure, this prostitute, this nobody, this lower of the low, turned and put her trust in God, and she ended up, Jesus ended up coming from her lineage. And what's even more incredible is it says in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Rahab is counted among the greats of the faith. A prostitute, a nobody, a lower, the lowest of the low is counted as one of the greats of the faith. With Abraham with Joshua, with Enoch, with all these people, with Noah, with all these incredible men and women of God in this chapter, this woman is included in that passage. Why? Why is she included in that? Not because of her life. Not because her life was perfect or she lived an exemplary life. It wasn't because of anything like that. It wasn't because she was obedient to the law and she turned up to, to the, to the uh, temple week in, week out. It wasn't because of anything like that that her name is recorded in this list. But because, and in spite of her past, her heritage and her profession, the reason that she's in this, in this passage is because she risked everything and put her trust and her faith in the living God. She surrendered everything and she is counted amongst the greats of the faith. Not because of her past, not because of what she's been brought up, not because of her education, nothing because of her, but simply because she put her trust and her faith in the living God. And that's why she is counted amongst the greats of the faith. She believed in the one true God. She risked everything. She went against the flow, but her trust in the living God. You know what's incredible, as we read in a few weeks' time, when the walls of Jericho does come down, the only person that is known to have survived the walls coming down is Rahab and her family because she dangled that scarlet cord outside the window. She listened to the advice of the spies. She took the promise and God saved her. God rescued her. She was the only one who was alive because of that. And as a result, as we've seen, she, she put her trust in God. She's in the, Jesus is part of her family. She won an incredible 
history and legacy. But that's all because she put her faith in the one true God. You know, I love what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 27. It says this, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that, they, that are so that no one may boast before him. Thank God this morning that God takes the foolish things of this world, the nobodies, the lessons, the ones who society casts out. He takes those. And if they put their trust in him, God uses them for his glory and for his honor because it is all about his glory and his name being lifted up. It is so that man might not boast before him. You know, this morning, as we come to a conclusion, I wonder, have you ever had to make an unpopular decision? Have you ever had to make a hard decision in your life? Maybe it's with friends. Maybe your friends are telling you, don't come to church. Why on earth are you going to church? Maybe friends ridicule you because you go to church. Maybe people embarrass you. Maybe people in the workplace have a go at you because you go to church. Maybe you find it difficult. Maybe people in your family mock you because you believe in God, because you trust in God, because you've surrendered your life to him. And maybe you have to make those hard decisions and say, no, I'm not coming today. I'm not coming out with you. I'm not coming over today. I'm going to church. I'm going to worship my God. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him today. Maybe, maybe you feel like that. Maybe you've been challenged to, to go against the way that society is going. To go along with the flow of society. To fit in with culture. You know, today, it's so sad to see that so many young people are getting so sucked in by this culture. Everybody is going away from, from God. Everybody is going with the flow. And it's so sad to see even young people in churches leaving church just to go with the flow. Go with everybody else. Let's get attracted by the world. Let's forget about our God. You know, maybe this morning, and I believe this with all my heart, maybe God is calling you. It's time to take a risk. It's time to stop going with the flow of society. To stop going with the flow of everybody else. And maybe it's time to take a risk and to put your faith in God and trust in God. You know, following God doesn't mean that we're going to spend our whole lives protesting culture. It doesn't mean that we're going to stand outside with big signs saying, you're all going to hell today. We're not going to be doing that. We didn't see Rahab in the city proclaiming, believe in the one true God. She wasn't there picketing or trying to convince people. She wasn't there doing anything like that. But sometimes, like Rahab, we just have to make quiet but resolute decisions that we're going to move in a different direction to the rest of society. I'm not going to come out today. I'm going to worship my God. My God has done incredible things. I'm not going to go to this place because I don't believe I'm honoring God by going to this place. I'm not going to spend time around this person because maybe, maybe this person's bringing me down and I don't want to be fitting in. I don't want to talk like that. I don't want to gossip like that. But I, actually, I want to live for Jesus. I'm going to make a decision that goes against everything else, goes against even what my flesh might say, but I'm going to put my trust in God. You know, even as, for us as a church here in Gateway Abraham, and you might think this morning, it's a small church. What good could come out of this church? But we're making a resolute decision this morning as a church. We're putting our faith and trust in God. No matter what society might say, no matter how dark it is outside, we are going to be a light in this place. We're going to shine the light of Christ in our community. We will not be moved. We will not be shaken. No matter what comes against us, we're going to put our trust in God. We will not be ashamed of Jesus. We will not be ashamed of the gospel. But in fact, we're going to get out into our community and tell people about Jesus. We're going to make a resolute decision. 
that we're not going to be moved, but that we're going to stand for Jesus, that we're going to love for him, that we're going to serve him. You know, Rahab, she risked everything. She bravely and faithfully followed God. And she put her trust in him. And God saved her. God delivered her. And now she's counted amongst those who are the greats of the faith. You know, for us this morning as church, I believe with all my heart, it's time for us to start moving forward in faith. Start risking things. When was the last time you actually stepped out and trusted God for something in your life? When was the last time you said, yeah, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my trust in you with this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to step out of the boat. We're called to be people of faith. We're called to be a people who trust in our God, who believe in God. That's why we are doing this as a church. That's why God has given me this vision with all my heart. I believe that with all of my heart, that we're going to go forward as a church. We're going to believe the promises of God for this land, no matter what people might say. We're going to believe that God is going to do great things in this community, in this nation. We're going to believe that God is going to do incredible things. But I believe with all my heart that it's time for us as a church to take a step of faith, to trust in him again, to believe in him again, to start believing and start trusting in him. I believe with all my heart it's time to stop maintaining church and start progressing. Start stepping out. Start sharing with your friends. Start sharing with your family. Start telling people about the good things that God has done within your heart and within your life. Start stepping out, taking a stand for God and for who he is. This morning God is challenging my heart. He's challenging me and speaking to me. But I believe it's time to start maintaining what God has done. And start stepping into all that God is going to do. Because God has got incredible things for this place. But God has got incredible plans for your life within the life of this church. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. That is the plan for our God. We are believing as a church that whole households shall come to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. We are believing the backsliders will return. We are believing the sick shall be healed. We are trusting in our God. And I'm going to read this week in, week out. And you can forgive me for that. But I believe that in one moment of time, the Holy Spirit might just wake this verse upon your heart. Haggai 2 verse 9. This temple is going to end up far better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness. We're going to trust in our God. You're going to step out in faith. It might be considered foolish in the sight of this world. We might have to risk everything, but we're going to stand for our God. We're going to trust in him. We're going to be obedient to him. We're going to follow him step by step, no matter what it might seem like. And we're going to believe that God is going to do mighty things within this house, within this place, within our lives. Maybe for you personally, it's one of those seasons where you've got to lean on God and put your faith in God again. I want to encourage you this morning. Like he did for Rahab, as he's done in my life, I want to encourage you this morning, he will supply all your needs. He will give you the courage to step out. He will help you. He will give you the provision that you need. He will give you the words to say. He will give you the strength. By his spirit, he will do it. So this morning, I want to encourage you. Take a leap out in faith. Stop, stop going against, stop going with the flow of things. Just make that decision. I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to live for him. And you'll be amazed. You might even be surprised at what God would do through your life when you make that decision. I'm going to trust in him. See what God will do in your life when you do that. Amen. Shall we pray?